on the first date, traditionally. <laughs> traditional. <laughs> it's the man that should pay the bill because it says somewhere the man pays the bill. No. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. Welcome to the Barbican Corner, where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donkor. Today, we are going to talk about being single. And this is the part two of being single with the ladies. We had one with the guys. And today, it's going to be with the ladies. I have two ladies here. Amazing woman, Florence Ja. She's Sierra Leonean, but lives in the Gambia. And Aisa Bla, who is also Sierra Leonean and lives in Sweden. And the funny thing is, I had two guys on here. The previous episode of the podcast they are both Ghanaians but living in different countries so <laughs> it's funny how I have two Sirleonians here <laughs> living in different countries so we hear the ladies perspective on being single ladies please introduce yourself hello I'm Florence as said I live in the Gambia I work at a GT bank and I run an organization called African Children Rejoice I'm single <laughs> but engaged so very soon I'll be married. Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hello, I'm Aisa. I'm as Joy said from Sierra Leone. I'm living in Sweden. I'm a nurse slash midwife currently working in Sweden as a midwife. I'm single, single. <laughs> single, single. <laughs> Single, not engaged, but yes. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you. I respect you guys that are midwives. I really give you guys that respect. I know, especially now. Yeah, it's a tough job, but very rewarding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that is because I am so scared of, well, someone said not to say that, but here I am saying it. It's my truth and I'm working towards that. Giving birth is a problem for me. Not that I have a problem in giving birth, but I am scared of giving birth. (laughs) I can imagine. That's why I respect you guys. Like a pregnant woman alone, just seeing them, I already feel their pain. So being a midwife, I salute (laughs) you. Right. So let's go into the questions. How is life being single? Any one of you can start. Okay, I would say being single is exciting. First of all, we have to understand that being single is inevitable until it becomes an option. How 
of your life you're single let me not say half yeah. <laughs> a quarter of your life because yeah. you're a baby all the way to your teen and then probably in the 20s then you now have a choice you now have an option do I continue being single or do I remain married but the whole experience is exciting because you're exploring life basically it's more of an exploratory time it also comes with a lot of opportunities and a lot of challenges it all depends but if you take it in the god's perspective if you walk in line in god's will then it comes with a lot of blessings too right. but then if you're on the other side you're basically in that position where you're not sure how to approach the challenges that come your way but i think in general to answer your question it's an exciting season in life <laughs> That's really good. That's one of the reasons for this podcast, because some people do not even know that being single is amazing. <laughs> Aisa, what do you have to say about that? I think being single is amazing. I think it's a time of like self-discovery mm. on your own. I think it's an amazing period of life. For me, it's a time of self-discovery. Yeah, basically amazing. <laughs> it does get boring because as human, you kind of like yearn to be in a relationship or to be with a person that you can share things with in life. Personally, for me, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, time of self-discovery, enjoying the moment, enjoying time alone. That is so true, self-discovery. So what do you guys do to discover yourself? Discovering oneself is a process. So for me, I feel it's something that comes naturally. You can read about it. Your mentors can tell you about life. Mm -hmm. Preachers can preach about it. But then you have to face your own experience. It's a process. Sometimes we have to go through rough edges to get there. Mm -hmm. But other times it's smoother. But I think it's more smoother when you have people to guide you. And that's what a whole lot of our generation is missing out on. We feel like everything we need is there. It's just available. You just go on Google and Google is always an answer. So most yeah. of us don't have mentors. Most of us don't have that connection with our parents anymore. We don't have that one-on-one -on -one with our pastors. So we're just going with life and facing deep challenges. And mm -hmm. outside, it looks like roses. A lot of us post on social media and it looks like we are on heaven. But even the roses get to go through thorns before yeah. they come through this. Right. So we get to portray a picture outside, which is not really the reality. Mm -hmm. But just to go back to the question, I don't want to deviate. I would say the best way I discovered myself is going through life. It wasn't a good one. Mm -hmm. But if I was more open to having other people guide me, I think that would have helped. I wouldn't have gone through some of the things I went through. Basically, now I'm talking to my younger sisters and my younger siblings, so they don't have to go through what right. I went through. Right. And when you have that guide, I think things become easier. But then the word is the basic thing for us Christians. It's the roadmap. Mm -hmm. When you have the word, it guides you and it helps you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aisa? I think learning from life experiences, getting to know yourself with time and age, becoming a bit wiser and making better like choices, learning to enjoy the things that you've got now. Yeah, I think that's about it, really. I think I like the part that you said, learning to enjoy the things that you have now, because mm -hmm. I feel like as human beings, we are always looking forward to the next. And instead of living in the moment, it's very good to always live in the moment. I was listening to the switching a few days ago and just what I was saying earlier, we are looking forward to the next. But why can't we say, Lord, thank you so much for now. Thank you for mm -hmm. where I am today. Instead of always asking, asking, asking God for this. And I mean, you prayed for a job, you got it. And then already you're praying for the next job. 
Being in the moment is very important. For me, self-discovery was me taking myself out, doing so many things, having alone time as well. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Reading and watching movies. I mean, we learn every day. So you learn from Mm -hmm. different aspects of life, different things you're learning. So Mm -hmm. one of the questions I did ask the guys, you know, the Bible says that either find it a wife, find it a good thing and obtain a favor from the Lord. And I was listening to this other preacher and he said, sometimes we think that the men have to be the one to do the follow, which for me, I feel like that's how it's supposed to be. Mm. But women also can shoot their shot, you know, and ask a guy out or something like that. And because he tried to explain the story of Boaz and Ruth and how Naomi was telling Ruth what to do to get to Boaz. But would you ever had gone to ask a guy out? No, (laughs) no. I think that's the line for me. I had psychologically programmed my mind that I would never cross the line. I would show you all the signs. So it's left to you to figure it out. But definitely, I'm not crossing that line. <laughs> yeah, you show them this. And that's what the guys are like. Try to put a hint out there like, I'm interested in you. But don't just be quiet and assume that you will know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I said, what of you? Would you go and ask? I'm traditional. I think the man should do all the chasing. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> and making the first move. But I feel like as a woman, like you said, there are signs that you can give a person to show that you're interested. But... Asking a guy out or making the first move, nah, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have done that and it was successful. There's always an aftermath that is not so nice because the guy is always having it at the back of his mind that she made the first move. Right. And somehow, somehow, mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to turn against you. Anyway, it's just my perspective, but... <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like, you lose some kind of respect because exactly. you ask the guy out. The guy needs to do the finding. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> You can do the hint. You can do the hint. Yeah. yeah. He needs to be smart okay. to pick up the signs that the woman right. is giving, but it won't be me making the first move. <laughs> Right. I've told some of my friends there's this app that people go on to look for dates. Mm-hmm. But they are like, I don't know whether it's an African thing or what. But some people are not going to go to the apps and start finding dates because they are scared. You need to be careful, I would say, because mm-hmm. I know a few people that have been on different apps and it's worked out for them. But you meet a lot of interesting people. Yeah, just be a bit careful. Well, I've been telling my friends and my sisters to do the app thing, but they're like, no, mm-hmm. oh no, because... You should give it a try. <laughs> I think the app thing is more Western and it's just encroaching into the whole African tradition. So that's why it's very hard for some of the young ones from this side to do the app. Mm-hmm. But as Issa said, sometimes you might be lucky and you might find your guy. I mean, that person got destined, but the mm-hmm. probability is very low. It's like, one percent you actually find someone i've heard stories of people connecting and then they come and the face they saw and the person they saw is the whole person in oh i wasted five months of my life or sometimes a year (laughs) someone told me that they well it wasn't through the app i don't know whether it was through facebook or instagram or whatever and then they went to meet the person and the person had dentures on oh. had no teeth or and the person was mm. shorter than they were like really really short wow 
Okay, and that brings yeah. me to my next question. Like, I have a couple of friends that they wouldn't date a guy that is shorter than them. It's a problem. Yeah. You buy him high heels. <laughs> you get him high heels. I feel like you're losing opportunity. What if it's the one for you? For me personally, I don't think looks does not matter. To a certain extent, it does because someone needs to look a certain way for you to be like attracted to them. One of the things that's like at the top of my list when looking for a partner, more of character. What is the person like? Like they say, looks fade. Yeah. So one of my friends was looking at surgeries for knee stretching surgeries. (laughs) (laughs) I have never heard of that. (laughs) I'm going to go through all that. Just kills platforms like yeah, the just all, the so when one the guy complained that he tried it and it didn't really work out for him, it didn't go really well. I'm like, wow, people really go through that just to be tall. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure guys do that on their own because they want to feel tall as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you're saying that looks don't matter, but <laughs> to a certain extent, but it shouldn't be the top of your priorities when you yeah. Because one of my friends she found this person and the person is short, but she's short too, but like <laughs> Other than her, like a little bit, yeah. they have good character and everything, but she just feels like mm, the attraction is not there, so she's not interested. Are we limiting ourselves as women in that way? I think if you really like someone, the outward appearance probably wouldn't matter. But like as you said, your friend said she wasn't attracted to the person, so yeah. that's like a whole different thing. I think to some extent the looks do matter. Personally, myself, I think I had a natural attraction for light skinned guys let me be practical but my guy my husband to be is very dark very black in fact <laughs> so whenever I see light-skinned guys I don't know maybe it was something of my teenage days I always wanted a fair guy with sideburns and nice eyes and all those things unimaginable things because <laughs> you're thinking of the color of the kids you want to have I think yes, that's the, the reason color of the kids. exactly <laughs> you know something to blend and everything because I'm not that that light you know sometimes not so attractive people like end up having really good looking kid yeah really i I don't think so (laughs) i like (laughs) i like dark not so attractive ones oh really yeah wow I didn't put the white thing on my head, the color and everything. I know it's a natural thing I'm attracted to. Mm. But then when I was praying to God for husband, I was like, God, bring me my husband. I mean, put away all the qualities I've written down in my head and everything. Yeah. Let me just know because there are more qualities that I'm looking for than the outward. As Isa said, it's good to have that, but then let it not be the core. Let it not even be the middle. Let it be like class, class, class. Yeah. Such Mm. that when God is bringing someone you might not be blind to your future wife. right you just be looking at what you have but then there's something more exactly. to that yeah something missing do you guys have a list i used to have a list when i was in high school my closest friends we have a book where we write down the things we want in our guys and all that but unfortunately none of us have them because they were unimaginable things i mean green <laughs> eyes blue eyes it had to be a white man and at the same time you don't want a white man so <laughs> It's crazy, but no more. I I no longer. I said, do you have a list? I have a list. Always have had a list. For I think with time, your priorities shift, and the list has become a bit shorter. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's been changes. Pastor Mike Todd says to rip the list. 
things you would need on that list. Yeah, I mean, non-negotiable. Like a God-fearing man, yeah, yeah. you know, and all of that. So those are mm. basic things. I think yeah. it's knowing what you want, basically, but at the same time, there's got to be a bit of flexibility. Compromise. Yeah, compromise. Yeah. I get what you guys say. It's not like you don't need the list or there should be a list or anything, but there are some non-negotiables that needs to be there. Like, do you believe in God, your mm-hmm. faith, and all of those things mm-hmm. are important because though there are people that have two different religions that have gotten married and it's successful, most people don't get that. I mean, sometimes the relationship, you are having this girlfriend-boyfriend business, the person is okay, but once you get married, they are like, no, you can't go to church anymore. You can't do this anymore. You can't pray with my kids. And those are some of the things that bring division in the marriage. So mm-hmm. I feel like you need to have non-negotiables and like, yes, there will be a compromise somewhere, but there are certain things that you are like, no, I am not going to agree with this. I think sometimes even in the boyfriend-girlfriend stage, things like religion can be a problem. Speaking from personal experiences, like you said, what's negotiable and what you probably wouldn't be able to tolerate. That is so true. You have your non-negotiables and things that you can work together. Because definitely, once you get married, two people coming together, you're coming from different families. You have different (laughs) principles that have been taught to you guys and you have to come together to be able to shape your marriage in the way you want it and not the Mm -hmm. way you have seen outside or in your family or whatever. You guys have to cut it out the way you want Mm -hmm. it. So that's where the compromise is and that understanding needs to be there. Florence, since you are engaged now, what were you looking for in a guy? Personally, because I know I'm into ministry and mm-hmm. I knew where God was taking me. Mm-hmm. So I think my top list or my top priority was to get a God-fearing man. Because at the end of the day, the husband is going to be the head of the home. So someone who is spiritually ahead of me also, mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't get to pull me down, but then we get to build each other up. in Christ. That was my top thing. And then in terms of responsibility, is this person responsible that you can see by the way he treats others, the way he relates with others? Also finances is involved. What is he doing currently? Is he able to take care of a family? It wasn't a lot, but I think when I saw him, I just knew because at least those three core things were there. What aspect, the respect for people, the relationship, the finances, and the future goals. Are we both together in line with the same visions and all that? Then things can go on smoothly. That's very true. Isa? One of the top things on my list would be God-fearing. Totally submitted to God. Two cannot work together unless they agree. Able to be like a good leader, like Florence said, you're going to be the head of the home, so you should be able to lead. Trustworthy. So that's the thing. I feel like you having that is you finding yourself as well. In one of my podcasts in season one with the young people, they talk about knowing your self-worth. And it's when you know your self-worth, then you are able to tell whether this person can work with you or not. You can have those Mm. priorities or non-negotiables and know that this person is going to be able to work with you in that. And so if you don't know yourself, you're not going to be able to find who it is or you would be in a relationship with the wrong person and it's going to mess you up in the future. If you end up marrying that person, it's going to be a huge mess because you're going to realize that "Mm, you're not really 
compatible at all. This person is, mm-hmm. doesn't want to pray. This person is not even submitted to God or as believers, if the person is not submitted to God, it's just going to be a problem in the home and you are going to be praying all the time or doing things all the time, but the person is not wanting to do that with you. I mean, some people will start even showing you certain things that you never even saw mm-hmm. <laughs> when you were dating them. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important, especially as believers, that you pray for God's guidance mm-hmm. to lead you to be with the right person. And I like the fact that Florence, you said, your vision, where is that person going? Having that vision, mm-hmm. your character, what are you doing? How are you treating other people? Mm-hmm. Are you submitted to God too? Because if you're not submitted to God, how can I even submit to you? The husband should love the wife as Christ loves the church. Right? The church. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and how does Christ love the church? Even in our mess. Wholeheartedly, everything. Even in our mess, <laughs> I still love us. So you need to come to that point and you have to make that conscious decision that I love this person. I'm going to love them no matter what. I think that's where the problem is for men to love because I feel women, we love easily, but mm. submission is the problem. <laughs> Yeah, love is key for the men and something they have to work on and they have to make that conscious decision that I'm going to love this person no matter what because if you are representing Christ to us then you have to love us no matter what but it doesn't mean that as women we take advantage of the person because some people can do that too the person will love you do everything for you and then you'll be like I'll do things my own way or whatever whatever. but that's not how things to be just to add up to that, um, you brought in something about self-identity. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very important because a lot of people prey on your innocence of your self-identity. Yeah. So if you don't get to know your worth, you don't get to know your values, you don't get to know yourself much, then it's going to be hard to discover that when you're now in a relationship. Someone else is yeah. going to for you. I think that's what a lot of young people are lacking now because we always want to imitate other people. So mm. we want to look mm. like celebrities. We want to act like our friends. We want to dress like them. We want to be on fleek on our makeups and everything. <laughs> but then who am I as Florence? What is my own identity? because society does it so I have to do it so I think that's very important with being single you need to know yourself yes because if you don't know yourself somebody will come and know you for you exactly. <laughs> it'll be a disaster yeah. So one of the things that I said during the podcast session with the guys, one of the guys mentioned that the area that they're working, they're exposed to a lot of things and they're in the media. And so a lot of people see them. And so once he was dating somebody and it's like wherever they went, people would be like, oh my God, hi, how are you? And the girl got frustrated and will get angry or upset because it's like, this is a long time with you. And people are interrupting us all the time. And she was getting upset at some point to go out together it was like crazy for him and I said you guys should go to mass but the kind of person I am I'm always thinking about conversations <laughs> that I've had and I felt like I think that was wrong for me to say that they should have gone to mass I mean it was funny at that point for me that meant that go to somewhere that nobody's gonna follow you right mm-hmm. when I thought about it again that's a good thing to do but then also I felt like why don't you get security <laughs> if that's what is happening what do you guys think if you are in a relationship relationship with somebody like that that everywhere they go people know them and not you how do you kind of solve that problem in the relationship dinner for two at home yeah right (laughs) (laughs) maybe like you said getting a security or like setting boundaries with fans or whatever 
just in addition to that, you will eventually have to adjust because you can't keep running forever. Yeah. And that's what he was saying too. Like you have to come to the point that we are adjusting because this is my line of work and everything. But it's like, Mm -hmm. uh, you have those wives when their husbands are celebrities or stuff like that, or even pastors, you know, and then they're everywhere. Oh, pastor this. And then they're just there. Why are you Mm -hmm. smiling to my husband like that? (laughs) Even if it's a fake smile, you just give it and blend in. Yeah. And I was even saying, that even with my dad when I was back home it's like you go out with him and like everybody's like pasta, 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 and you're in the car and you're like oh my god I know but then it's your dad and you know the kind of person that he is but it's just things that you feel like okay he should know that I'm going out with my kids and this is me time with my kids and all of that but he doesn't have the money to go and be paid for security <laughs> especially in Africa they'll just be looking at you like ah, who does he think he is I mean in some places they're just gonna roll their eyes and be like what? Why yeah. is it getting security for that? But yeah, we've gone through that. And the reason why I came up with the podcast is having conversations that I wish I'd had when I was younger. I mm-hmm. felt like it would really had helped me, but I thank God for where I am now. And we are here to help other people mm-hmm. as well. We're here to learn and grow. What conversations did you wish you had known when you were younger? I had a lot of messages. I'm a pastor's daughter. I basically was going for camping since after my mother's womb. So <laughs> it was that intense. So every time I go for camping, there are talks on relationships and pastors are giving you keep yourself pure. You know, they're just giving you the Bible says this, the Bible says this. A few of them will tell you from practical experience. The one-on-one thing was a bit rare for me. I think I only had it with my mom and it wasn't really as deep as I would have wanted it. So a whole lot of those talks I had to discover on my own. That's something I think we mentioned in the previous podcast with the guys. Parents having that time with the kids, that one-on-one time mm-hmm. with your kids and having deep conversations. Mm-hmm. They don't talk to you about yeah. these things. Like, yeah. they, they don't talk about yeah. sex. Some yeah. of them, they talk to you about your periods and all. Oh. Of, all they talk you about is... Tell you about my periods experience. So, I was in my room and I just saw blood. And I started shouting and crying. Mommy, blood! Because <laughs> I had no idea. It was so serious that people were in the house. I was so freaked out. Oh my God. So it's actually important. Sometimes we assume they know, but it's not good to assume. You tell them way ahead, even when they're 12 years old. You start telling them about, you know, how people should touch them, how they should relate to men and all that little details they go a long way to help those conversations are important when you're younger with your kids my parents are like don't get pregnant oh don't get pregnant like that's the only thing that i'm like i don't even advice on what it is why should i like at that time you can't even respond back and say why shouldn't i get pregnant no no i know right i love you mm. <laughs> i said you have something you wish you had known when you were younger the timeline thing i wish i had known someone had told me like not to have a timeline of when you mm. mentioned to do certain things in life like by 25 you should be married by this age you should Mm. have kids and life actually doesn't work out like that or it hasn't been like a straight line I wish I had had a conversation of not having a timeline accepting stages in life as they come and being content in the season that you're in at the moment do you believe that everyone is meant to get married maybe everyone is not meant to get married who knows that's a tough question (laughs) People like rushing, they want to be in a relation, they want to be married and all of those things. But marriage is work. Florence, what do you think before I even move on? I don't think everyone is meant to be married. 
I mean, looking at the population, it just doesn't make sense. But we've all been given an opportunity to. I'm not sure God marks out some people and say. But anyway, it's possible. Some people decide on their own that I don't want to get married, yeah. you know, and all mm, of that. Mm. That's why I feel it's a decision. But we've all been given the choice and the opportunity. Well, yeah. not everyone is going to get married eventually. But then if yeah. you're at that stage where you feel like you want to get married and God knows you want to get married, you take it to him in prayers and he will, he will work it out for you at the right time. I mean, I also personally believe that not everyone is meant to get married. But when you find yourself, you would know. Mm-hmm. And if you do desire to get married, just bring it up to God and be open to whatever he has to say to you about what it is. Because sometimes you are just to be a light and being single mm-hmm. in your own. Like God has given you something that you need to get done and you can still do it as a single person. You might be able to do it better as a single person. The Bible says if you feel like you want to get married, get married. But mm-hmm. marriage comes with responsibilities Mm -hmm. for him i think he preferred to stay single because Mm -hmm. of the work that he was doing because again i also feel like even as pastors even though you are married and you have a church and everything your first ministry is still your home if the home is not right the church is not going to be right and not even just pastors but whoever whatever work you are doing your job your business, your first job is your home. Try to make sure that that place is correct, that place is peaceful, that place is fine, because that's where you're going to come back to at the end of the day. So if the home is not peaceful, then how do you expect your business to be successful? So your first job is to make sure that your home is peaceful. And so that comes back to you finding yourself, you knowing yourself. And then when you have or see or find that person, you are able to connect well. But when you also know yourself, you can decide that, you know what, I think I want to be single. I think all of this boils down to you having to pray and seeking God for advice mm-hmm. and seeing where he's leading you. But some people personally in their heart of hearts, I don't know whether that's what God put in them or whatever. They're like, I don't want to get married. And some people, because of the experiences they've been through, they're like, you know, I don't think that this married thing is for me. I want to be single. I'll be fine. They go and adopt a kid or do IVF or surrogacy or whatever mm-hmm. they want to do and have kids and then move on with their lives. But whatever decision you make in your life, whether to stay single or married, just find yourself first so that you're able to make the right decision with regards to relationship. What advice would you give to someone who's single and wants to get married? Pray and be patient. I know it takes a lot of patience. I think patience is the key. Patience is a lot. Like God can give you a vision about something or someone and the waiting game is a lot. You find other things to do in the waiting room, I would say. Let God lead you. I love that. That's so true. Mm. Florence, what do you have to say? I think she said it all. Pray and then be patient. She talked about timelines earlier. Our timelines are different. Mm. Some people get it way early and then mess up in between. Some get it early and it still goes fine. Some get it late and it's perfect. So you have a timing, you want that timing, but God says this is the timing. It might even be three months, but you are so impatient and you can't wait for Mm. the next three months and you find yourself entangled. Right. A lot of us get ourselves entangled in and make compromises. We lose our identities. We lose our dignities. We don't want to be single. So you first of all have to be happy about your current situation. I mean, be content with where you are and at the same time, take it to God in prayer that I want to be here. So God, you do it in your own way. I hand it over. That is so true. And I think this is a personal question for anyone out there. What are you doing whilst waiting? 
because the Bible says that he that finding a wife, finding a good thing, right? So, you know, it doesn't say if he that finding a woman or if mm. he find a girl, <laughs> so he that finding a wife. So what are you doing? If you want to get married, what are you doing in preparing yourself to be a wife? And I also believe that once you're truly prepared, God will bring you that man that is a mm. husband because that man will also have been preparing himself. So it's not a guy coming to meet a wife, but a husband coming to meet a wife. So you are already made. What you do whilst waiting is very key. Thank you guys so much for that contribution. It was really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. This will take us to the next segment of the podcast. There's a second segment, which is highlighting the barrier breaker. And I'd like to highlight this guy. He was our barrier breaker of the month of September 2020. He's called Mr. Seiko Kamara. He's the author of Testimony of an African Immigrant. He has two books of that. The second book he just released. And then the part two of the Testimony of an African Immigrant he just released. Prior to that, he had Africa through a mirror. We have a continent to build. And so the third book is Testimony of an African Immigrant Part 2, which I am looking forward to read. The testimonies from people have been amazing. But one of the things that he talked about whilst we're having a conversation, he's come out with this t-shirt that says Hustle Like an Immigrant. And he's talking about, I know you've heard this before that they say Gambians are lazy, but how come when they move to other countries, they are hardworking, they are productive, they are doing so much and doing very, very well. And he was like, we need to hustle like an immigrant, no matter where you are, what you do. It's a mentality you need to have throughout life. And he said, you need to be resilient. He had a t-shirt that has immigrant highlighted, but there were words like that were across and it says resilient, dreamer, commitment, discipline, intelligent, perseverance, accountability, excellence, industrious. I want to bring this into what we are discussing today. So he said, hustle like an immigrant is just an attitude and a mindset. What I tell people is that it has nothing to do with your nationality, visa status, immigration status, or your race. It's just a mindset. For example, in America, the Canadian Financial Research Institute made this research and realized that immigrants are three times more likely to become millionaires compared to everyday natives. So the question is, what do immigrants have that set them apart? And I want to bring this to the podcast because... I feel like it's not even just an immigrant, but relationship-wise, you as yourself, knowing yourself, knowing your self-worth, you need to be resilient. You need to dream. You need to be committed. You need to be disciplined. You need to be intelligent. You need to persevere. You need to have accountability. You need to be excellent. You need to be industrious. And even as a woman, when we talk about being industrious, the proverb said that one woman, you saw that she was industrious too and going out there doing so so much and the children called her blessed when she went out people said this is this person's husband like the husband was praised to because of her wife so my question to you guys with regards to this is as a woman what can you do to become who God created you to be because we are always chasing like Florence said earlier you know you're looking at social media you want to be like this celebrity Mm -hmm. you want to be like this person but how can we become this resilient dreamer committed disciplined how can we do that and be who God created us to be? The word of God is the guide. It basically has the answers to everything. It gives you everything you need. So even if you don't get it from out there and you don't get it through experience, you get answers from the word of God. You get a guide Mm. to make you who you want to be or who God wants you to be because he's placed it all in his word. I want you to be like this. This is how, you know, the fruits of the spirit and all of that, they are there. So when you get stuck in life, you go back to his word. You study the word, you seek him, you ask him questions. That helps. I saw. Seek God. 
I think being comfortable in being what you feel he's called you to be. In this day and age, like you said, the social media influences. Some people might be ashamed of being a Christian, just being yeah, comfortable in what you feel God has called you to do or what God has called you to be. Which is so yeah. true. Because the Bible says that God will not give you more than you can carry. And so for us to just be patient and listen to what he's saying and being comfortable with who you are. Yeah, some people, they're ashamed of even being Christians. It's so sad that mm-hmm. you get to that point where you're even ashamed. But that's not what God wants for us. God is so loving. and he's a father he's amazing like Florence also said the experience that you go through learn from those experiences because again God will not give you more than you can carry don't put yourself in a situation where you feel like no one can guide you no one can lead you seek the mentors seek advice seek how for you to be able to be resilient be a dreamer be committed be excellent you also have to work on yourself that's why when you find yourself you see areas that you feel like you need to work on and then work on those areas to be better. The experience will teach you the things that you go through, you will learn from them and then point everything back to God, like go back to God and ask him, what's his plan for me? I want to work in that plan and be led by him. Yeah. So we go to our third segment, which is the last segment. Are we ready for that question? (laughs) On a first date, who should pay the bill? And during courtship, when should couples start splitting the bill? On the first date, traditionally. (laughs) (laughs) Traditional. (laughs) It's the man that should pay the bill because it says somewhere the man pays the bill. No. (laughs) 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 There's Uh, what you call it, unwritten law that the man pays the bill on the mm -hmm. first date. And as a couple, I think the man still pays the bill. (laughs) There's no 50 50. His money is our money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't believe this. I don't need to answer. I just watch it on that. His money is our money. <laughs> yeah, my money is for your money is for what? <laughs> so um emergencies that does not include going out to restaurants to eat or going to the movies. Okay, so you're saying that for every time you guys go out in courtship, he still has to pay. Yeah. Even if you ask him to go out with you. (laughs) It's the man's duty to pay the bill. Wow. Even if I ask him out. I agree with Isaac. I definitely agree with her. I mean, for the first date, it's definitely him. And then, but going through courtship, there are times that he might be drained. So you also have to understand, you know, there are times my fiance is drained. I ask him, even if I have money on me, I will never spend. Like, he knows me. You know, but sometimes like, oh, I just have this on me here. You get to understand and you can pay the bills. But then I'll be on his case list and like, I think he owed me money. Like, you know, that money I, I spent on you. <laughs> and then you pay with interest. Exactly. <laughs> there should be room for flexibility. But the man needs to have that sort of responsibility. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think to some extent, if you keep feeding your man all the time, he takes you for granted. As a man, your responsibility is your wife and the kids. 
mm-hmm. or your partner, your spouse, even in a relationship that, you know, you're not yet married, you have to show some form of responsibility because then you want this person to see you as serious. And that should be part of your character. It's not like you're going to show it for a little bit. And when you guys get married, you're like, oh, you have to do this or you have to do that or something like that. I do definitely agree that on the first day, the man should pay. One of my podcasts, the guy said he really didn't have much. So, and knowing the kind of person he is, I knew that he's the kind of person that is like upbeat. He would take you to a fancy restaurant. But at that point of time in his life, he didn't have the money. And so he had this lady that he had asked out, which is his wife now, but he asked her out and he really didn't have much. So he told her that, you know, I don't have much. This is the only place I can go to. And she was okay with it. And they went and now they are married, you know, and he's doing so well now. But if she had rejected him based on the fact that he didn't have the money or mm-hmm. not taking her to a fancy restaurant, I mean, they wouldn't be married today, you know. But even as time goes on in the relationship, what if the person is at some point in your dating, the person is broke? And you, you go can, to McDonald's. You go to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have money, you go to McDonald's. Uh-huh. But you can have a date at home. It doesn't have to always be like going out and stuff. That's very good. <laughs> So, but then, you know, once you guys are heading towards marriage and all of those things, yes, there's that flexibility has to be there to get mm-hmm. things worked out and all of that. So that will be, that compromise has to come in at yeah, some point. Yeah. I said, it can't be all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there has to be some compromise mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, my grandma's child, my grandma never had money in the house. Never, ever. This is the 21st century, guys. In those days, the men were the ones providing, the women were the ones popping the kids. But now, women are mm-hmm. equally working and some of the women are even earning more than their husbands or their fiancés or their spouses or their boyfriends. So how do they even do that? Maybe you lend borrow with interest, ah. like 50%, 60%. Lisa, calm down. She's like, you have to pay. You have to pay. She's not even giving <laughs> in. No, she's not even shaking. She keeps breathing. Yeah. I mean, I get her point too because some people would definitely take advantage of you. Right? Oh, yes. Like, they're going to be like, yes. you end up marrying those people and it's like, you are doing everything. everything. For them. Like, oh, now my wife is a good woman. My wife, she can. Actually, somebody I'm... said that for the first year, the man is doing everything. <laughs> think on the comment the person said that for the first year at least let me see mm-hmm. how you are in the relationship before i decide to say i'm splitting any bills or anything yeah. for one year <laughs> any last words you guys have to say well, for me i would just advise every single lady out there to know that it's essential to understand that marriage is not the final line it's not the finishing line so don't bend your hope on marriage 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 you get to even forget to take care of yourself you Enjoy your singleness. Be happy. And when God sees you're happy, he brings someone to add up to the happiness. Enjoy your singleness. (laughs) That's that's Mm -hmm. that right there. I saw what final words here. I would say pray. Be patient. Ditch the timeline if you've got the timeline. (laughs) Enjoy the season. Enjoy everything else God has blessed you with. And things will fall in place when they're Mm -hmm. meant to. 
Enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy being single because once you get married, the kids will be disturbing, the husband will be disturbing, the, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so many of things that you have to do. So whilst you're single, try and get as much done as possible. If you have to go to school, go to school, mm. if you have to study something, travel. Yes. <laughs> Use your money wisely. Do things that will help yourself and build yourself up and have fun whilst doing it. Because once you get married, mm. not that you're not going to have fun not that you're not gonna enjoy but I remember going to my friend's house and whilst I got to sleep in because she has a child she had to wake mm. up early and weekends are for her to take care of the kids because during the week the husband takes care of the child while she's gone to work but weekends is her turn so it's like okay um I have to wake up whilst I was just snoring away I went to visit them anyway so I was snoring away in the basement and she's there having she was like you see you have time to do that but I don't have the time to do that I have to wake up and make sure that my child is okay so listen enjoy your single life enjoy being single and at the right time everything will fall into place and you'll be where you want to be make sure that it's where God wants you to be too yeah so thank you ladies for coming out with me thank you so much it's been an amazing conversation the laughter is I know I'm so already mm. but thank you guys so much thank, thank you. you thanks Jess thanks for having me thank you Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause they can.